it's our time, it's our table. Dare I say we're the cool kids? Maybe we are, maybe not. But congrats, you're in the right place at the right time. I'm really excited to see partnerships. It's not goodbye, it's see you later. And I hope to connect with you all at happy hour. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. Thank you for joining this session. I know you have a choice of what room to choose. I know you could be taking a very well-deserved break outside, so really appreciate you joining us for the next 30 minutes. As Jared mentioned, I'm Brittany Robleski. I've had the privilege of leading and growing G2's partnership team over the last five years. I've had the honor of taking the team from really zero to 10 people and the ecosystem from zero to 40 plus partners. And when I think about the early days, I was the first partnership hire at G2, joined as an individual contributor at a small company at the time who had never done any partnerships. There was a job description, but when I got there, they kind of told me it wasn't, it was copied and pasted from many different places. And it was up to me to build the role and figure out what this should be. And when I think back to those early days, a lot of good memories come in, don't get me wrong. I think about excitement, energy, creativity, the free flow of ideas. But, and like tonight at happy hour, let's grab a drink and I'd love to talk about the good stuff all day, every day, that's fun. But I really wouldn't be painting an accurate picture of the earlier days if I didn't share with you that being the first person in partnerships at G2 oftentimes felt confusing, lonely, team of one, very, very lonely, challenging, lost, and so awkward. My first, I don't know, I'm going to say 10, but it was probably more than this. My first 10 partnership calls sounded like this. We should partner. Yeah. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Cool. I'll do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and those conversations happen. So if you're newer to the partnerships world and you're new to the role, you're not doing anything wrong. It takes a while to build the muscle. And that's a whole other story. But when I look at these adjectives and remember how I felt during this professional chapter, I really couldn't help but draw a pretty scary parallel between being the first hire and building partnerships I'm feeling all these things. There's a pretty scary parallel between what I was feeling in my, this big professional chapter. What's supposed to be here, and I'll show you at happy hour, is a picture of me at age 13. I have a mouthful of metal. I have hair that's bigger than my body. And I bet you I was profusely straightening my hair until moments before that picture was taken. It's an awkward picture of me being 13. And the whole story was that I felt like being 13 was a horrible age. Every child should be homeschooled from like 12 to 14, period. But throughout that time, it's finding yourself, it's finding your identity, it's finding where you belong, who you feel comfortable with, who you believe in, who you want to identify with, and ultimately, like, where do you fit in that lunchroom, so to speak? And when I think about the last five years in partnerships, I think about us kind of like finding our place in the lunchroom. We've reported the CEO, we've reported the CROs, we've been measured on influence, sourced, revenue, leads, like, you name it, we've been measured by it, trying to be anyways. I mean, it's been an identity crisis, to say the least. But I'm really proud to stand here today, and actually, it feels like all the speakers collaborated and had a constant thread going throughout the presentations, but I assure you this was not the case. We all are in agreement that this is our time for partnerships. This is our moment. We have proved and earned a respected place in an organization and really found our place in the lunchroom. But this isn't just me saying it. It's not just the other wonderful speakers that are showing this trend. We're actually seeing G2 data that supports this, the rise of the partnership role within an organization. So before we dive in to the data, I'm going to go through some trends. I do just want to take a step back and talk about who G2 is and what we do. So G2 is the largest B2B software marketplace. 
where 60 million buyers come to G2 to engage with over 1.6 million reviews. We're the place you go when you need to learn and buy software. And Jared kind of hyped up our founding team, so um, I'll tell you the story. But yes, we were founded by really amazing serial entrepreneurs. Their first company was acquired by Oracle, and their second, very shortly, was acquired by Salesforce. And throughout their journey of building software companies, they were super frustrated with the old school analyst model. They felt like, why am I paying six figures of an analyst come into my office, write about my software, use it for a minute, and then I go on this grid that they call, this quadrant that they call magical. And by the way, for six figures, I'm on the bottom left. Okay, so that was like, they were really frustrated by that. And they were like young guys at this point, And they were like, please tell me why I can get like thousands of reviews on a $2 taco, but I can't understand what peers and users actually think about software that costs six figures plus and affects thousands, hundreds of thousands of end users. So this is how G2 was born. And we're really, really proud of where we've come over the last 10 years. And in fact, a really compelling stat is that 100% of Fortune 500 businesses use G2. So the voice of the customer is the truth, right? It is the authenticity. It is the meat of that decision-making process, that long B2B process that we all know and love. And this is the macro trend that G2 is seeing very, very clearly. It's probably not surprising, especially as the pandemic shaped the software world. But even pre-pandemic, software is booming. We're seeing more products being added to the G2 marketplace. We're seeing more buyers than ever shop and spend more time comparing products, learning about a category. We're also seeing the persona of people who are shopping continue to expand. It's not just the CTO, the CIO, right? There's a whole buying committee. There's a whole influential committee that's here on G2 to learn about what software is best for their business. So the three trends that we're going to talk about that we derived through analyzing two key partner categories come to this conclusion, and we'll walk through it. One, partnership teams need budget, OK? That's, we're going to talk about that. Integrations no longer start at implementation. This is a fun one. And three, SMBs are actually going to teach us how to do this. So let's get into the data. On G2, we have two main partner categories. We actually have about 3,000 categories. That slide was out to date, my old version again. We have about 3,000 categories on G2. We are creating new categories every single day. And the two main ones that are relevant to this group in the audience today is our partner ecosystem platforms, as well as partner management or PRM. The PEPs are definitely newer in the space, and we'll talk about those. By the way, if you subscribe to Crossbeam's blog, Crossbeam's blog, they emailed you a blog post yesterday that is like a lot of my presentation. So thank you, Crossbeam, but it's a really good post read to validate and reinforce everything we're talking about today. So the first trend, partnership teams need budget. I've been at G2 for five years. Every six months, I ask for money, more money for the team. And the question, you know, I need budget. And the thing that comes back is, who do you want to hire? And historically, that question was, it made sense. Like, if I was asking for money, it was because I needed headcount. Today, partnership teams need more than just headcount. We need a partner tech stack. We need tools that are made for us to help us automate what we're doing, track what we're doing, and ease of doing business for ourselves, our teams, and our partners. We've seen 112 vendors enter the space. Over 100 vendors are creating products and roadmaps and solutions that are made just for us. To me, that's pretty crazy because five, I'm not up here saying I've been doing this for like 25, 30 years, but just in the past five years, there was no technology at my disposal, especially a team of one. There was no software that made sense for a really small partner team. Today, there's a lot more of it. 
There's over 2,000 reviews of people just like us who are implementing, adapting, and using these tools and sharing their experiences with the community. What a beautiful thing. Like we can automate and learn and share. You can filter by your company size, your industry, what types of tools different partner leaders are using. And we've seen over 30% increase in reviews just over the last six months. What's also really cool, I had the data team poll just a few of the logos that have entered the G2 marketplace in just the past six months. There are more and more vendors being added month over month, again, in this PEP or PRM space. So congrats. I know some of these logos are here today and love to see you up on the slide. Trend two, integrations no longer start at implementation. So what I mean by this and what the data was suggesting and the growth of vendors and what they're focusing on is partnerships and integrations has a very, very clear spot in the pre-sales discussion. I think if we do this for a living, we have felt this way, but it's been really, really hard to get integrations and that discussion in the pre-sales model. I'll give you an example. At G2, for the past five-ish years, the only way to view every single integration that we have to offer is to be an admin in our platform, a paying customer in our platform. The one person at a company that's the admin can only see the 40 plus integrations that we have. So as you can imagine, my like battle cry began, like we need an external facing partner hub. Like we need to be able to show prospects. If you buy G2, look at all the great ways that you can operationalize our product and G2 buyer intent data. And I got like the professional version of like, we need to talk. It was like, it's on the roadmap. And year one went by, year two went by. And I was like, okay, I guess I need budget. I'm going to buy the tool if we're not going to build it. And I was lucky enough to connect with an old friend, Kenny Brown and Cody Sunkel, who founded the company Partner Fleet. So if you check out G2's new, beautiful, if I may say so myself, Partner Hub, anyone can access it. It is ungated. It is there to educate our prospects, customers, partners about what we have to offer. And you can only imagine the morning that I woke up and the Slack that it was live. Not only do I have all amazing 40 partners, but they also all have their G2 reviews syndicated to their listing. So it was just like, mwah, right? It was just like cherry on top. I'm a very happy woman. I don't want to get, take all partner fleets thunder, so please stop by their booth. But they have these awesome visuals that actually show the connectivity between your company and the partnership ecosystem that surrounds you. And this is another reason why integration partnerships, to be really specific, are coming into play earlier and earlier into the sales process, is just the accessibility and visibility into what could make sense from a partner tech stack perspective within each account is easier than ever. With things like account mapping and vendors who do that, we all know who they are. It's making it really, really easy. This picture here is actually the 206 companies represented here at SAS Connect. And the network effect is 64 times bigger than the actual population. So super cool. They can actually generate one of these for you and for your company. So stop by their table. Trend number three, SMBs are actually going to be the ones to do this. Again, I don't know if Bryn is in the room who spoke this morning, but he kind of, I loved his version of this is like, you're not Salesforce, don't be Salesforce. I cannot tell you the number of conference rooms that I've been in, virtual or in person, where it's like, let's be the Uber. Let's do it like Google does it. And it's like, yeah, that could be really cool, but we can't start there, right? Like, let's rewind, pull back, let's do what we can control and execute something that's going to work for us. The types of tools that are being built right now in this new space of partner ecosystem tools and PRMs are actually catering more towards SMB. And therefore, naturally, we're seeing SMBs adopt and implement at great scale. The first reason we know this is that almost half of all the reviews across both of these categories are from SMBs and are actually averaging at the four star above. 
So SMBs are happy with the tools that are being created in the partner space. They are implementing them and they're sharing their stories for other SMBs to learn from. And they're only increasing, so at a much higher rate than the others. So again, we're seeing SMBs just really leaned into this space. And it's no surprise because the NPS is so high. Like I said, they're happy with the tools that they're using. And I love this, average months to go live between one and call it two and a half, like the risk, it's not, the risk is not that taxing. Like I forget one of the speakers this morning said, try, iterate, learn, fail, scrap it, start over, pivot. These types of tools fit into that model. They're not expensive. They're not a heavy implementation. Overall, people like them and you can go live and learn and iterate quickly. So I love, I'm like all about the small, like I'm a startup girl, so I love to see that SMBs are leading the way and following this trend. So a few takeaways, ask for budget and ask for budget beyond headcount and start planning that seed now. Like do not wait until the budget discussion that's on your calendar whenever your planning cycle begins because guess what? Like finance already has a model that's gonna basically, that meeting's to tell you what your budget is. <laughs> In my experience, that meeting's to inform you it's not a meeting for you to inform your leadership exactly what you need, why you need it, what it costs, and your vendor selection process. Ask for budget beyond headcount. If you're doing partnerships well, partnerships will be in every part of your funnel. They'll be in every discussion. It is just as important for an AE and a hunter to know your integrations and what could make sense and what conversation as it is for the CSMs who are implementing and making sure that they're renewing and happy. So partnerships enablement needs to be at every point of your company. And lastly, if you're sitting in the audience and you're like, I'm a team of one, I'm small, I have no budget, none of these things are, you're actually like the perfect ICP to get started based on the data. So I hope if you leave with anything, it's that you're not too small, you're never too small to get started, and we hope G2 can be helpful for you along your journey of selecting the right partner stack. Oh yeah, so I do wanna share that after an amazing five years at G2 leading the partnership endeavor, I've actually found a new table at G2, and I am moving roles within G2 to lead our G2 track and G2 investor solutions business. So these were two new emerging business lines at G2, kind of like our next $50 million horizon, as our investors are bullishly calling it. And it's just, I'm very grateful and I'm humbled that I've been asked to take on this big role. And I think it's, again, another feather in all of our caps that we've earned the respect of an organization that if you can build a partnership team and an ecosystem and you can scale it, that can be applied to so many other areas of the business. And I'm so inspired by watching other people take on roles like chief ecosystem officer, a table at the C-suite. So it's our time. It's our table. Dare I say we're the cool kids? Maybe we are, maybe not. But congrats, you're in the right place at the right time. I'm really excited to see partnerships. It's not goodbye, it's see you later. And I hope to connect with you all at happy hour. All right, let's give it, Brittany, that was amazing. We have some time for Q&A, actually. So she's the queen that holds all the data, which means uh, her questions are probably steeped in something that's actually real, not just an opinion. Questions for Brittany about the presentation. That was fantastic. Thank you. Jared, just because I'm sour about it, look at this picture of me when I'm 13. Come find uh, me at happy hour. Awkward, I think right? it's great. No, it's Awkward. great. Okay. It's great. Any questions? Questions for Brittany. Brother Hamden, it's good to hear your session here. Thanks. I'm wondering, as you're quantifying, I don't know if this is relevant or not, so tell me if it's not. Quantifying kind of the ecosystem effect, that network effect, right? What are some thoughts on doing it for different types of partner motions as an aggregate? You can do it for tech partnerships, right? You can do it for the resale. Here's the value in the resale. Here's the value of partnering with us. And how do you do that in an aggregate? Just, just wondering if there's any thoughts there. 
Yeah, the G2 model is that we were gonna start and nail one type of program. So like we went from zero to integration. We do not have a referral partnership right now. We don't have resellers, we don't have channel. And we probably won't, at least for the foreseeable future on our marketing solutions business, those two new business lines that I mentioned, G2 Track and G2 Investor Solutions, are different products that I think now that I'm on the other side of the table, I think that are going to require a channel motion. So if I sat down with someone who was taking on partnerships new and they wanted to do all of these things at once, I think my advice would be start with one and get it right and get it up and running and then use what you've learned and what you've learned not to do to duplicate into channel referral and all the other models. Did that answer your question? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're a Chicago guy? Cool. We had to come to San Francisco to hang out. Other questions for Brittany? Brendan. So I had a question along making the case for something like a partner fleet. Yeah. So the background is join a new company. Those first couple of weeks are always interesting because you write down things that annoy you or you think are strange that after even a month or two just seem to blend in. So we're having that conversation right now on, okay, the partner page, the directory, needs a major refresh. I just got a Slack message about it. So this is really timely. So, but then I immediately wrote down, what's the impact? How did you kind of show afterwards that it was worth making kind of a buy as opposed to build? Yeah. Well, the impact model was the time and resource to build versus the cost of the solution. Like it was really that simple. It's great that you're getting a Slack about it. Screenshot that. So part of my business case was I had screenshots of emails and Slacks from reps, from prospects. We had, I had like a golden email that somebody had forwarded to me that was like, hey, I'm an admin of G2, so I see all of your integrations, but my boss, who is the signatory on your deal, wants to view the integrations, and I'm not seeing a place where she can look at it. It was like, hello? Like, that was a huge screenshot of my deck. And I was like, this is why we need a partner hub. So impact, the build, and the resource. And I also, I mean, I got my product partner in the partner fleet train. Like I said, I was like, can you build this anytime soon? And he was like, absolutely not. You are better off buying a solution. So I think getting that alignment was really helpful. And I actually brought product in through the evaluation stage to make sure that just everyone felt included and that they had a seat at the table. I always like to do that rather than push something through and then have backlash and have to go back and educate people. I can, I think it's typically, you can move faster if you include them on the way, but ultimately impact was just time and resource to cost. And then all of the anecdotal feedback on just like why we need this. People can't find anything. People don't know all of that type of stuff. Good luck. We can talk more. Fantastic. Other questions. I'll add an anecdote to that actually. One thing you can do is set up a tracker in Gong or Chorus or whatever you use and then just screenshot all the people complaining about how they can't find what they're looking for in their sales calls. It's great. Gong trackers are amazing for partnerships. Hello, Alex Buckles here. One question about, so as a buyer, I may want to go to, to G2 and go research a bunch of vendors that I may be evaluating for a purchase. But with so many tech partnerships happening, is there a demand for reviews on a partnership itself? So like the integration between two tech partners, is there a demand for that? Is it happening? Is that roadmap? Yeah, it's actually a really, really great question. It's in discussion right now at G2, how we do that. I'll share how to get data on an integration is not as easy as we feel like it is. The reviewer gets very confused. Are you reviewing the product A? Are you reviewing product B? No, you're reviewing how they work together. That it actually takes a like, consumer experience on how to phrase that question. Through pilots that we've run, we've had the best success in asking, how do you rate product A? 
how do you rate product B, and then how do you rate them together? Because the reviewer does not understand the delineation. So it's a really good question. We're definitely thinking about it. We've had some really cool tests that my team has been very involved in, and I think eventually you will see something like that on G2. Because it's needed. When you're evaluating a solution, how it integrates with what you own is such an imperative part of the decision. So totally warranted. I was asking Brittany that same question two years ago. I was like, how do we do this? Love that question. Awesome. All right. Brittany, that was fantastic. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, you've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.